0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
1: This is the draft extravaganza on Steelers Standard with Tom O'Connor, oh yeah. Jacob Recht, and Kellen Gersky. We're in the studio on Saturday night, cutting it up, giving you these podcasts. Fresh, fresh mm-hmm. takes. Spent our entire first episode talking about Najee Harris, so if you missed it, check it out, Steelers.com. You can find it there. Let's go through the rest of the eight picks, and I say we just do it in order here. Yeah. Uh, Round two, number 55. A little bit of a shocker, I think, on Friday night when this pick came down the wire. I think that everyone was expecting linemen, linemen on Friday night, specifically specifically the center. I think Creed Humphrey Humphrey, was the one that was on everybody's radar. But instead... The Steelers zig when everybody thought they were going to zag, and they take Pratt Fryermuth. Am Pat I saying that? Pratt Fryermuth. You said Pratt, Pratt but Fryermuth. Pratt Fryermuth. There's a lot of weird R's in that name. Fryermuth, so it's hard. Muth, yeah. Muth.
0: <laughs> it's going to be Heath. I mean, come on.
1: It's going to be it's Heath. Go, it's going right. to
0: be Freeth.
1: That's terrible. Uh, you should have that. How erase is that, that terrible? That's a great idea. To save yourself some free-th. embarrassment. It's a good player. He's the second best tight end in the draft class. Uh, The first being Kyle Pitts, who we'll talk about in our next episode when we look a little bit more around the NFL. But, you know, I just don't know if. You see, I can't even say it's not a need because it was a need. Oh, absolutely. It was a deep need for the Steelers. I just don't know if you exercise that need this early in the draft. Well, you know, normally I'd be saying taking a tight end in the second round is perfect. You don't take him in the first round, you don't take him early. Like, even though Kyle Pitts is a freak of nature, there were still people that were kind of yeah. like tight end at four overall. Yikes! Mm-hmm. Like that was the highest the tight end's gone since 1960, by the way, in the NFL draft. Yeah. So that gave people a little pause. But he's yeah. a perfect spot to pick a top two tight end in the middle to late second round.
2: Was that 1960 tight end Mike Dickup Probably. I have no idea. Jacob, are you kidding I'm me? I'm just look asking. Look it up and Tom. then bring that
1: nugget of knowledge if you can find it without just putting me <laughs> on the chopping block like that to look like an idiot. But they pick Fryermuth. And I wonder if it was a result of some of the tackles just getting a run on them before the Steelers pick yeah. guys like Jackson Carmen, who I thought went a little early, honestly, and some of our mocks we could, yeah, we, we could got get him, him in the, in third, the third round, round. Yeah. but he goes Walker little went right before him. A, a guy that was falling that I was kind of keeping an eye on was Samuel Cosme, the tackle out of Texas. He was falling down the draft board. I thought he was going to be an early second, late first round pick. Uh, Washington football team snagged him up with the 19th pick in the second round, though, uh, just a couple of picks before the Steelers. But the one that I think killed him, and it is another guy that fell, I think they were going to take Dylan Radins if he was there at number 55. And the Tennessee Titans, those bastards, (laughs) just two picks in front of us, slide in with Dylan Raddins, the tackle out of North Dakota State. And I'm not saying that the Steelers were in a panic move, but there were not many tackles taken after that. Of course, you could have gone with Creed Humphrey the center yeah. but clearly the Steelers liked the depth at center and we're and as we'll get, we'll get to, to in to a second it, yeah. or we're going to address that later in the draft I think with Cosme gone and then especially with Radins gone I think that they went best player on the board which is something that Colbert says he loves to do and Tomlin yeah. says they love to do and I think they said okay both of those guys were our tackles right here they just got taken from us who's best on the board oh, it's Pratt Fryermuth. he's tight end. Yeah, we Perfect. need it. Perfect, yeah. we need a tight end, let's just do it. I don't care if it's a little early, let's get him. He not only could come in, be the second guy this year, he's good at blocking, he kind of does everything well. He's not great at blocking. I'm sorry that he was better than people think at blocking. I mean, he does it, he's he's fine at it, he's got work well, he's to gonna do. He's going to be doing a lot of it this yeah. year for the Steelers, that's for sure. But it's not just that aspect of it where he can be a second fiddle this year. He has potential to be, be the, number the one. guy. Yeah. So... You know, it's a pick for now, it's a pick for the future, and if it pans out, it's a great pick, obviously, Absolutely. but, you know, there is a little bit of a head scratcher there as far as why tight end and not offensive line.
0: Yeah, and honestly, you know, I know I have the Penn State bias, I know that, and, and when it happened, like, I was excited because, you know, I get to root for the guy twice now, you know what I mean? He, he's now a, a Steeler, and I got to root for him at Penn State, so, you know, kind of a double-edged sword there, but... You know, when you look at it, I wanted them. I wanted the Steelers to take, you know, Creed Humphrey or, you know, if Raddens was still there, I'm sure that was an idea, too. Um, I'm sure they were thinking that. But, um, you know, when you, you know, you sleep on it, I came in today and I thought about it and then, you know, we see what happens, you know, or, you know, that well, then we see what happens with the third round pick. Then I sleep on it come in today. I really do like the pick because, you know, you can't say that it's not a need because the Steelers desperately needed a tight end um, and one for when Eric Ebron probably leaves next year. Um, granted, you're probably going to be in the same hole next year. Like, oh, we need a two to Friermuth. You know what I mean? But this year you, know, you have a, a pretty good damn good tight end combo. Um, it might not be to the, the new England combo with, with John Usmith Smith and Hunter Henry, but it's still really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, and for Muth, I mean, he can create mismatches and I think the Steelers will utilize that. Well, you know, people call him baby Gronk. I think that's kind of ludicrous because you know, Gronk is the best tight end to ever play. I mean, he's the most complete tight end to ever play. There's no question. So, you know, I, it's cool it with that stuff, and that's coming from Penn he's gotta State. He's got to put on fandom.
1: weight more before he's even close yeah. to something Gronk level.
0: But he is, in, you know, he's an athletic freak. I mean, he's kind of like that Gesicki mold. You know, he can go up and get it. And he wears we, 87, sure. right? uh yeah well, uh, or 81 i think he wore 81. 87 no 80. he wore 87, 87 okay. well there's
1: the baby gronk yeah people just see numbers in their the list. number oh, and it's yeah. Gronk.
0: yeah um but i mean he's an athletic specimen and, and if he puts on a little bit more weight he's physical um you know so and like you said he's got the ability to block he's not great he's not a great blocker, but he can do it you better figure it out yeah i mean he's gonna have to um there's no question but again We we know that Ben loves throwing the ball to tight ends, and and, you know he's a a type of guy that can be a red zone target if need be. You know, or if God forbid, Ebron goes down for an extended period of time, well, you have an insurance policy now, and it's a pretty good insurance policy. It's it's a safety blanket. Yeah, as you said, Kelly.
2: Ben has started. Ben started his career from two thousand four to two thousand five when he came when this guy came in as a rookie to two thousand sixteen. Heath Miller was on that team for yep. all twelve years of that twelve of Ben's first thirteen years in the league. So there you go. I mean, the guy Ben had the guy right, like the greatest stealer tight end maybe in franchise history. If I I don't think it's up for argument's sake. And now you you just were in this tight end limbo for so long. Jesse James and Ex Grimble and
0: it was Ladarius Green for right. like two seconds.
2: I didn't hate Ladarius Green, guys, but anyways, yeah, we were just in this weird limbo, and now you have a guy. I mean, yes, he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the Creed Humphrey. He wasn't the Dylan Raddins, but it's still someone who other teams were probably looking at and saying, damn, like we, like kind of how maybe teams were looking at Jacksonville for taking Travis Etienne, you know, they had James Robinson. Mm-hmm. teams that were running back or er, needed a running back were thinking, damn, like they just stole our guy or stole a guy that it could have like from that position. I think there are teams out there who are pr- pretty envious of the Steelers for taking this guy, Pat Firemuth, who has a lot of upside. And when, as Kellen pointed out, you pair him with a a quarterback like Ben, who loves to go with the easy check down options if nothing's working deep. He he now not only has Najee Harris, but he has a formidable Pat Fryermuth over the middle.
1: Oh, I don't think anybody loved this draft. That the Steelers had more than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I mean, this is a Ben Roethlisberger yeah, draft. Yeah, it was for sure. You know, they had to pick for Ben. Win now, and they definitely did that. Oh, no question. Uh, no. The next guy. If they, they picked... weren't,
2: if they weren't drafting for Ben, you would have seen it go offensive lineman, running back, maybe if if somehow Javante Williams fell and offensive lineman again in the third round, quarterback too. Obviously, <laughs> true. If they weren't
1: true. drafting yeah. for Ben, they would have Good had point. to pick a quarterback at some point, probably like Davis Mills or something like that.
2: Kyle
0: Trask went late second, that was though. That interesting. Yeah, we'll get was. to that, too, yeah. later.
1: The next guy picked by the Steelers in the third round, other than Najee Harris, this might be my favorite pick of the entire draft, honestly, Kendrick Green. He was a guard at Illinois, but he's going to play center for the Steelers. Yeah. He played center his senior year at Illinois, made the switch over, played some snaps there. He's going to be a center. He's going to compete with B.J. Finney from day one of training camp for that starting job. And guys, this is a guy that I think can take that starting job away from BJ mm-hmm. Finney uh, and be the Steelers' starting center come 2021. He's six foot four, a massive 315 pounds, 320 pounds I think. He is a mauler too, which is something that the Steelers have lacked as far as an identity is concerned in that offensive line. Is you know they've been kind of a passive offensive line. They haven't been the line that you know the league looks at them and road graders. They'll just fire off yeah. the ball and they'll abuse you for 60 plays a game but you know they've kind of lost that edge to them and this guy is a nasty player on yeah, the field he is nasty. and that's a you know the mean streak that you definitely love in an offensive lineman and when you got a nasty guy playing offensive line more times than not i think they pan out and you know it's interesting I wonder if Kendrick Green was rated higher on the Steelers draft boards than a Creed Humphrey was.
0: Well, looking at, um, you know, Jeremy Fowler uh, last night wrote this up, and um, he, he said that, that that Green was one of the Steelers' top interior lineman candidates. Um, you know, so, I mean, that tells you something. I don't know where it was on the board as opposed to Humphrey or or. But um, I just wonder maybe he was there. Like, I think
1: he was definitely ahead of minors or else they would have right. taken yeah, it. Yeah, minors. I hear you. But I, I think that... The fact that they passed on Humphrey in round two and took Friar Muth, maybe they knew that, you know, even though Humphrey will probably be gone by the next time we pick, Kendrick Green's most likely gonna be there and they had him rated higher than Humphrey on yeah. the big board.
0: So. And I think that's fair. I mean, and when you look at Kendrick Green, I mean, he is super athletic. I think he ran like a four eight eight forty or something Amazing. like that. Like that's insane. Um, for a guy to be that big and that athletic and, and he himself, I mean, he believes that he is the, the most athletic lineman. In this class, that that's kind what he of a said.
1: athleticism coming in, maybe we get that pouncy pull from center and, like we used to when pouncy
0: was young. I think that's the plan. I think the plan is for Green to and be he able. He already to come wears in. number fifty three. Right, it's for him to come in and be that puller and to to give the Steelers not the same that that Marquise Pouncey but has. how you can you can ask for that pull from the center spot? It's huge. It's huge. Not many teams
1: can do that. And, There's and not if, many
0: centers that can do and, that. And for you know him running a four eight eight and and for you know him having the athleticism. I mean, I know that he said that he thinks he's the most athletic lineman in the draft and that, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm glad that he has confidence in himself, but obviously he's super athletic. I mean, there, there's no question about that. So for him, to, you know, he's probably going to plug and play. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have that same type of player that Marquise Pouncey is that's athletic enough to pull that can get out and, and get on second level defenders and things like that. I mean, that's a really solid pick in the third round. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, right when the pick was made it was kind of like, eh. But then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, you start thinking no, about I it a little it. bit. You, oh, actu- yeah, I like you actually
2: see what this guy yeah. did at Illinois, and wow, you are amazed by his physicality. Yeah, I mean, he is a physical dude, right. no question about it. Right, he's a big dude he's a punishing dude what's the word he used when he was talking to the media in the zoom i think he just used nasty or mean or yeah
0: now na- he said nasty a lot he views he yeah. himself as a really nasty mean player and that's great which I mean, is that's what, what you, you
2: want i mean you need you need that hunger for aggression for for the willingness to to win right on your offensive line especially when it's this depleted as as the steelers unit is and to be honest guys this is a top this is a round three pick. When it comes to Kevin Colbert, I'm trusting what goes down in rounds one through three. For every NFL team, you know, it's it's hard to, to gauge. I mean, there are teams that just do bust after bust after bust. But for Kevin Colbert, it's in Kevin we trust. And this was a top three pick for Kevin. And I, I have no no. Hesitation, having faith, and Kevin's judgment of Kendrick Green because, to be honest, I didn't really know much about the name before I started hearing it all over Pittsburgh when the pick was made yesterday.
1: You know, maybe it's just because it's so fresh in our minds, but you Kevin Dotson going in the fourth round last year, you right. know,
2: give a little same vibe maybe from this, yeah. where this is a guy it's, that it's just was everyone's... underrated by other people and fell into the Steelers' right. laps. Everyone's first thought was, wow, this could be Kevin Dotson 2.0, two years in a row where they get a big steal on offense And then all line. of a
1: sudden they got their center and their guard of the future. Uh-huh. In the fourth round in 2020, and now in the third round, in it's like going
2: Marquise Pouncy in 2010, and then going David DeCastro in 2012. Yeah, except you didn't have to waste first round picks on exactly. these. Two. Yeah. It's almost even better. You get a little bit more boom for your dollar with these two if they all
1: pan out, or both of them pan out. The round four pick, two picks in round Aggie four. Filled.
2: What Aggie filled?
1: Oh yeah, this is a the round four is all Texas A and M. We went to College Station for these picks and. Number 128, the first pick the Steelers had in the fourth round was Dan Moore Jr., offensive tackle at Texas A&M. Check. There you go. Another one of the needs filled an offensive tackle. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me is he was a three-year starter mm-hmm. at Texas A&M, uh-huh. and that's Texas A&M. That's the SEC. He's yeah. going up against elite playing pass really good rushers every yeah. single week that he straps on the helmet. He's playing for a coach in Jimbo Fisher that has a national championship. Uh not many active coaches have an Ashton right. Championship ring in college football. Jimbo Fisher is one of them. And he was able to start for three years in Jimbo's offense and protected a quarterback that went in the draft, by the way, in, Kel- in uh, Kellen Mond. Yeah. So, you know, he has experience blocking for NFL pedigree quarterbacks. I'm not saying that Kellen Mond is for sure an NFL starter at this point, but, you know, he's mm. going to have a chance once Kirk Cousins' time is yeah, over. Yeah, he got drafted in the third round. job, for sure. But, you know, he's got experience drafting for a high-level player or blocking for a high-level player like that. Right. And he's got experience going up against elite pass rushers who, you know, are in the NFL now. I mean, the Alabamas, the Georgias. I mean, Aziz Ajulari from Georgia, he saw him a couple times throughout their careers as Georgia lined up against Texas A&M. So, you know, this guy has a ton of experience. And I'm not as... a uh, high on him coming in and starting like i am for kendrick green yeah but this is a guy that i think projects to be a starter sooner rather than later with the steelers and he's got that starting pedigree like i said three straight years in the sec starting at tackle
0: and again uh, this is kind of an insurance policy god forbid something happens again but you know i I think it it goes to the idea too that you know, do you really know what you have at tackle? And I don't know if you can 100% say that, yeah, without question, I know what the Steelers have at tackle. I don't know if you can because of the fact, you know, Banner didn't play last year. Jukes was fine, but, you know, can he get better than that? Is he better than just fine? Is he better than, you know, average? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little early to – to uh to decide that. I think it's a little early to determine that. So again, this is bringing another guy, like you said, Tom, that's going up against elite competition in college football. I know it's not the same going to the NFL, but he was, you know, in the the minor leagues, as you've called it before, Tom of the NFL, I guess in the SEC. So I, I mean, when you look at a guy like Dan Moore, you know, is he going to start right away? No, but he definitely has the ability to, and he's definitely got the ability to maybe be a swing tackle. Um, You know, who knows? I mean, mean, he's definitely going to make the team. I mean, he's a fourth round pick. There's no question he's going to make the team. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is more of an insurance policy, and I think you know, again, you had to address this need. We we talked about the fact that center and tackle were big needs, and guess what? You know, everyone was freaking out in the first two rounds because, oh my God, you didn't draft a center. You didn't draft an offensive tackle. Well, yeah, there's more than two rounds you got one that's going to start for you in the third round and you got one that's probably going to start for you in the next two or three years
2: sitting here on Thursday night running the boards for the draft coverage and when the pick was made for Najee, it was nauseating it was like migraine inducing to hear so many people say oh well the offensive line is just going to stay crap like how do you not realize there are What Najee Harris was picked twenty four. There were two hundred and sixty. There were two hundred and twenty more picks
0: to go around. People. Yeah, and the Steelers had seven of them at that point. How do
2: you not know this? I mean, it's it's not like this. Like it's Najee Harris, and then everyone else, everything else stays constant. It's not that you just get him, Kellen. I mean. It was ridiculous. You were also here earlier that night before the pick was made, and I'm sure you were here even before the pick was made saying, please, God, let them take a tackle or 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 a guard or some type of offensive lineman. Don't let them waste the pick on Najee. It, it made no sense. I mean, this is what the Steelers do, right? They go after their needs, and then they just bolster up and up and up and up. And to go back-to-back back in the third and fourth round, at least the first pick of the fourth round, to go – Offensive line, offensive line is a huge testament to, to how well the Steelers deal with their problems.
0: And really quick, I meant to mention, mention this before when we were talking about friarmuth It was reported that the Steelers had a first-round grade on him. He was inside their top 30 prospects in – in, on the draft board. So again, my theory of best player available. That, that tells yeah. you, hey, this guy's still here. We got to take him. I, I I just resaw that just on in Twitter. In terms of value, yeah. yeah I meant to, I meant to say that earlier and I forgot, but I think that's that's well noted. I mean, it's the same thing that you know
2: you see other players drop in the first round. I believe it was the Chargers who got what Slater
0: uh, at like fourteen like or
2: 15, something like that. Like. Everyone thought this guy was going top ten, and he just fell all the way to them. The Chargers would have been foolish not to take him. To protect Justin Herbert, the, the quarterback of the future, yeah. I mean, if you have a first-round grade on someone and he's sitting there more than two-thirds of the way into the second round, you take the guy. The other Aggie taking in the fourth round for the Steelers, Buddy Johnson, an inside
1: linebacker out of Bud like 2. Said, Texas A&M. Different position, but maybe, perhaps. Uh, not a dire need inside linebacker, no. especially with Vince Williams coming back, but it's definitely something that needed some depth, and they got it in the fourth round. Uh, Buddy Johnson was the leading tackler on Texas A&M's defense last year, which but, was the best defense in the SEC. And I think
0: he was the leading tackler in the SEC, too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think you I heard that earlier today. Right.
1: I do know for a fact he was their leading tackler, and they were well, the best defense. Yeah, so then that's got to add was. up to sure. something, right? I yeah. mean, that's got to mean that he's a de- decent player. If you're the best... Th- tackler on the best defense and the best conference i mean i'm not really good at math but that probably equals a decent nfl player at least if he can project to you know reach his ceiling and you know this is a guy that i don't think is going to blow you away or, or be the next bobby wagner but it's definitely somebody that you know could be the next Vince Williams, and he could, once Vince is gone and Robert Spillane doesn't pan out, maybe this is a guy that can step in and be the Robin to Devin Bush's Batman for a couple of seasons. He's definitely going to have that opportunity. There is an open spot at Pittsburgh as far as that other role at linebacker and in the inside is concerned. I know it's probably Vincent Spillane's this year, but there's open tryouts from, yeah. from now until it gets filled permanently, and Vincent and Spillane ain't the permanent answer, so – Buddy Johnson has the first crack at it really as far yeah. as anybody else would be concerned.
0: Yeah, and I mean I think I think it's it's interesting to bring him in, you know, because of that. I think one of the things too when you look at Buddy Johnson, he talked about this a lot in his Zoom call um was his special teams prowess. I mean, he played a lot of specials. Um it was a, it was a rule at Texas A&M if you were a starter, you had to play at least one special team. I think he said he played two or three his last two years and he said he loves the defensive side of, of special teams, you know, the punt team, the kick team, stuff like that, that, I mean, you know, I know that this is, you know, it's a fourth round pick and these guys sometimes do pan out. They become starters and maybe Buddy Johnson will, but right off the get-go him saying that he loves special teams tells you this dude's going to be a special teams demon. I mean, he's going to play specials and he's probably going to be really good at it. I mean, he did it a lot in college. I know it's not the same thing, but I mean, he, he was a, you know, he did it a lot at AM and and, you know, I'm sure he's going to do it with the Steelers. He might not start right away in the inside linebacker room. Um, but again, it, it adds depth to, you know, I don't I don't want to say a, a position of, you know, dire straits type of need. But, you know, you're probably not going to have Vince Williams next year. You know what I mean? Who knows what's going to happen with Spillane, whether or not he stays on that upward trajectory or if he, you know, comes crashing down. At least you have, you know, somebody else there to go beside Devin Bush. I don't know if it's the answer. But again, I mean he he said that he loves playing special teams and I'm sure the Steelers are gonna use him in that way. They love guys like this and they'll they'll figure out a use for him. And I did look it up, he was like the sixth leading tackler in the SEC, but that's still really, really good. Right. That's better than the sixth leading tackler in like the
2: Pac-Twelve or wherever, the Big Twelve. I mean, I, I take SEC over anyone. And yeah, I mean, this is just another example of the Steelers addressing their need, right? It it, it was a it was an issue. It wasn't maybe their biggest needs in terms of or compared to running back or offensive line, but it was certainly a need. And guess what? They didn't neglect it. They went after it in the fourth round. They got it in the first half And in, in, in the and the and the and the, f- the fourth round, they didn't wait till the seventh round and pick two hundred. They got him at a decentable price and a decentable spot. So be happy that, but despite your thoughts, negative Steelers fans or Steelers haters, that they actually did what they needed to do here. Now, this is interesting, the
1: round five pick. Probably the first time that they took a player that I saw and said, not really a pressing need here. Maybe something that you didn't have to address in this year's draft. They traded up for this guy, though. Traded capital from next year's draft to Dallas to move into the fifth round. Didn't have a pick originally in the fifth round in this draft. And they take Isaiah Loudermilk from Wisconsin, defensive tackle. The fact that they sacrifice some capital next year to move up and take this guy tells me that as they look forward in their crystal ball towards any defensive tackle prospects that might be there in next year's draft, they like louder milk more than a lot yeah. of them. And this is a Fair. guy that they probably didn't think still would be there no, at round number it. five for them to trade up and get him. And when the opportunity presented itself, Kevin Colbert took that opportunity and drafted him. Uh, again, this is a guy that probably won't see the field at all his rookie season. Um it's gonna be interesting whether he pushes Carlos Davis or Isaiah Bugs off the roster now. And he might
0: be more of a um a defensive end. He as might well. be more of a DN, like a like a two it type.
1: Slide in behind the yeah Cam Hayward. I mean he he it. was
0: in the three four last year as a DN. I mean it's not exactly the same you know what I mean it's He's gonna it's, have versatility, that's for sure. Yeah, sure. And, you know, it's a guy that, this
1: more than any of them I think was a pick for the future. I, I think yeah. this was a pick for You know, Hayward and it, and even Aluala are getting longer in the tooth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to say that next year is going to be their last year or even the year after that, but it's going to only be a couple more years with those three at least performing at a pretty high level, so... You know, you got to start to have an eye on that future. And when you have so many pressing needs for the here and now, I think round five is a perfect time to take a shot at the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's really much else to be said about Milk. I mean, a lot of people kind of, you know, even on the Steeler draft coverage, like, oh, I'm going to have to do some research here to figure out about him. And honestly, the, the, the move that I thought the Steelers were making, I thought they were trading into the fifth round to get Sean Wade. Um, The safety corner hybrid from Ohio State that would have addressed a need, um, you know, in, in a guy that, you know, definitely could have come in and contributed this year. Maybe, you know, obviously they didn't do that. And then, of course, he ends up going to the Ravens like five picks later, which was a little bit frustrating. But I mean, you know, if if you don't like the defensive tackle prospects next year and you like this guy a lot, you know, he has some draft capital. And you know what? You don't even give up anything this year. I think that was a big thing, too. You give up a pick next year and it's a fourth rounder. You're probably going to get an extra compensatory pick or two. So the fourth round pick's kind of a wash anyway. So, yeah, I think it was a good use. You know, we'll see what happens. I don't really know much about louder Milk, and really no one else does. But we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Like you said, Tom, I think this is more w- with an eye to the future here. I just
2: find it very interesting that Kevin Colbert said before the draft started, they're comfortable with their, their seven picks or their eight picks or whatever, however many they had going into the draft. That they would only consider trading back to get more. They traded up for this guy and got disp- more. Despite and, and got more. So Kevin, Col- I mean, I guess Kevin Colbert maybe was just trying to quiet people's comments just to give them something to report about, and he didn't want anyone knowing what his real strategy was. But of all people to trade up for, it was it was louder milk, and maybe it was done for a reason. Maybe. What the scouts saw, and or what Keith Butler saw out of him, or anyone on the defensive side, including Kevin Colbert, saw it. It was they were clearly all in in agreement, saying this guy is worth trading up for. Now those
1: are the guys that I think are going to make the roster out of training camp. Oh,
0: I think the next guy will.
1: I do too, but I think the next three are more up in the air as yeah. sixth and seventh round picks are for sure. I hear you. I think either. Quincy Roche. Well, that's typical. I think Quincy Roche, their round six pick at number two hundred sixteen, makes it specifically for special, special teams. teams. Yes, absolutely. I think he's a special teams guy through and through. I uh, that may be a pick that Colbert defers to Tomlin there, and Tomlin yeah. says, "Look, we need more special teamers." And I, they probably I do, to, to be do, honest. Do. And so they take that linebacker Quincy Roche out of Miami, and again, there will be if you see him playing actual defensive snaps next year, there's problems. Yeah, I but mean, unless on special teams he yeah, will play. That's every where he'll single, be he'll play every single kickoff coverage, punt, whatever you want. He'll be out there.
0: And, and don't, you know, again, don't think that, you know, that sort of thing doesn't matter, like picking a guy in the sixth round, oh, he's only gonna play special teams. Yeah, that's really good value in the sixth round. You get a guy that's only gonna play special teams. They got Trey Norwood, the corner out of Oklahoma.
1: They need corner help, they do. but this is something that they kind of let fall. In the draft, Yeah, I think.
0: that's yeah. why I said I, I wanted them to get Sean Wade earlier. Earlier, and I, I, maybe they wanted to, too, yeah. and it just didn't play
1: out the way that they hoped it did. But they definitely waited too long for corner. Now they got one in the seventh round. Who knows yeah. how he'll pan out? And they picked a punter. Wow. He's
0: making a team. I'm telling you, right he now, he might too, and he might be the starting. Punter he might in be the starter because
2: Jordan Barry's just brought back because he's a, he's a familiar
0: name. I mean, why do you, why why not? Why, that you're, why why do you draft a punter if right. not to make him on the team? Well, not that he's you're wasting have all the chance in the right. world to make it. I mean, not that you're wasting starter. a pick in the seventh round because I mean, you know, if he makes the team, that's a and he starts, that's a really good use of the seventh. There's round There's no pick. such thing as a wasted pick in round six, and right? Seven. I mean, and if he makes the team, he beats out Barry. It could be a great find. And oh, by the way, this dude is. Thick. He's big. Uh, he's, is he's a Two seventy boy, like two sixty something. He's like uh 5'11, 263, but it's all in his lower half. Like, yeah. this he's guy's got gonna be like guy. the next
2: Pat McAfee making I mean, tackles yeah. after he's putting the ball away. Uh, his his he, legs are bigger than my head. Yeah.
1: They, like they're huge. He played at Georgia Tech. So I seen him for a couple years going to pit games playing against Pitt, and it's it's it was laughable every time he would jump out onto the field and yeah. punt the ball away. Kid is a kid is a boot. He, he I, I think mean, he
0: averaged like forty four and a half in his career. That's
1: pretty good. Kid has a boot for sure. Just needs to get in a little better shape, honestly. Yeah, you're right. Eh? who cares? He, he who cares? looks like a lineman, right? I mean, he's shaped like a lineman. As long as that leg is a Greek gift from God, who cares? Yeah, if he can right? boot
0: it around 50 yards every drop, I'm cool with that. But that's
1: the 2021 Steelers NFL draft. I'm a fan. Uh, we I talked about you know their round two through seventh picks, all eight of them, on this episode. If you missed the Najee Harris episode, don't fret. You can check it out at Steelers.com. On the next episode of Steelers Standards, we'll kind of take a look more so around the league and also take a look at the three division rivals and how they improved on their draft. Plus, we got a little bet that we got to settle our mock draft from before the draft. We got to figure out who had the most right and who had the five bucks from the other people going into their pocket. So we'll straighten all that out on the next episode of Steelers Standards draft extravaganza. For Jacob Kellen kelangurski I'm Tom Opperman. Thank you, as always, for listening.